What are you eating? Here's some dumpling ASMR for you. Dump. What kind of dumplings? Dude, my bot. Huh? My mom bought some, like frozen Korean, like beef dumplings from the store. Nice. I think from Costco, and they're like, oh yeah, so not good. Oh really? They're so like. You know in um, <laughs> you know in Ratatouille where like the guy that took over. Oh, now we're quoting Ratatouille. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that took, <laughs> that the guy that took over guest or what, what, I almost said Gaston. Gaston. <laughs> I think it might. No, no, no. Gaston's the jacked guy from Beauty and the Beast, but yeah. No one done a Gaston, no, no, good Gaston. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he tries to like have like a uh, microwave dinner like franchise yeah. or something. Uh-huh. It's like the chef. Yeah, it's like that. It's it's like okay. not actual dumpling. It's just like like something has been lost in translation. Not even lost. It's just dumpling. It's just like um, synthetic meat with like a bunch of chemical flavoring just in a dumpling mm. shell. Sad. Sad. Although I will say, Costco does have very good uh, Korean spicy noodles. I can't remember what it's called. Are they cold like or thick, are they hot? Hot. You uh, put them in the, on the stove. You put in there's like a ramen noodles and then there's the thick rice noodles. Is it like a uh, like a very watery broth? It's not super watery. Okay, I'm not sure. It's very spicy though. Oh yeah yeah yeah, rapoki rapoki. It's um yeah. It's a mix between ramen and tteokbokki. Yeah. Tteokbokki which means which just means like stir fried rice cakes, which is a spicy dish. So it's like rapoki yeah. is like a yeah classic favorite uh costco food is actually pretty fucking good um it just this one yeah. was a miss for me yeah i i'll be the first to say i'm a big fan of costco dude you i'll be the second to say i'm a big fan of costco just economically also just i walk out of costco every time thinking wow i really like costco yeah you know i don't sometimes i feel that way about whole foods mostly i walk out feeling like ah oh, whole foods is definitely expensive like that's like my yeah. leaving that's like the aftertaste exactly. of whole foods trader joe's i'm like yeah, this is my the, weekly. Yeah. This is my weekly, yep. you know. If I had one right next to me, that would be my everyday. The only downside, and it's by design of Trader Joe's, is when you're like, I need specific item. Like, yeah. I need, I want golden curry cubes yeah, no, tonight. No, no. They're not going to have that, no. right? Or I, there's certain things, it's like parsley. Sometimes they don't have that. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Why don't you have yeah. parsley? Yeah, they are really, right. I, so yeah, I think the way to optimize is, to have a Trader Joe's like 10 minute radius mm-hmm. and then like be somewhat also like 10 minutes to like some ethnic kind of store, grocery store, yeah. whether it's like Hispanic or, or Asian. <laughs> They'll have a lot of the produce that's good that like Trader Joe's won't yeah. have. And then spices. And the spices. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then have like a Whole Foods that's like 15, 20 away. That's kind of exactly the situation we're in I because it. it's like love it. we have – there's an Indian grocer uh, that has like all of the spices for like literally a tenth of the price. Yeah. Like you get a Whole Foods like a thing of cumin seeds this big. Oh, it's twenty dollars, like, baby. Yeah, it's like this is so fancy, and then you go there and it's like five pounds of cumin <laughs> seeds for the same Feed price. Feed your family of ten for a year. There you go. Yeah. So that place has like all of the niche ingredients. I mean, it's great because now I can make any Indian food I want because like fenugreek leaves. You're not going to have that at Trader Joe's, but like that is the secret sauce for so many Indian dishes. Oh, is it? Like just including that is, is what really like, if you smell it, it's like, ah, that's the smell of an Indian restaurant is fenugreek. fenugreek. Do you know what those are? I'm gonna look yeah. Up, bro. 
I didn't know about it until I was starting to make Indian food. And then I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, that's it. Just, I, I just saw oh, like random. Like, I've seen that. I didn't yeah. know. I've seen that like separately on the shelves and stuff. I, I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I got to go smell some fenugreek somewhere. This isn't really catching up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we get started with the theme song? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome back, everyone, to Avatar The First Viewing. This is the podcast where a first-time watcher of the show Avatar The Last Airbender goes through and watches the entire series from start to finish alongside a veteran of the show and Legend of Korra. And veteran isn't someone who's seen it all. I'm your veteran, Eli. And I am your avatar newbie, Peter. What's up? And Nikki. I'm here. This is season two, episode 13, The Drill. Peter, Wait, the drill? what are your... It was? Huh? Wait, why did I yeah. think it was The Secret of the Fire? Oh, that makes more sense. That's the Netflix. That's the... the Netflix title. It paired it yeah, with two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, Not you're quite right. sure. That was, that was the last episode, I guess? Yeah. Last okay, episode cool. was uh, Serpent's Pass. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Overall thoughts? Overall thoughts? I thought it was a... Uh, I you know not not too much to write home about. I thought yeah. there was really really awesome scenes, but you know like not like crazy thematic things. Right. Not, not like you know it was, it was. I wouldn't say it's a filler or a dud. I I just think it was a another you know solid episode in the books. This to me is an action episode. Yeah. And it doesn't have a a theme, like straight up. I'll yeah. come up with a thesis, <laughs> but what is the what's the what's the theme? I don't know. Like, I guess Fire Nation is attacking. Let's fight back. Teamwork. Huh? Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. Peter, why don't you give us the newbie recap? Yep, yep. All right, newbie recap. I did not pre-think about this, so I'll try to do my best. So, if you remember last episode, we are left off with Ang sitting on top of. The great wall, the great outer wall protecting Bossing Say. He sees a giant Fire Nation drill headed its way. And now he's got Engang back on top of the wall to help stop this drill. We're going to put, uh, yip yip, we're going to put Oppa to the, in the parking lot, mm. in the sidelines for now. And, uh, basically the whole episode is about Engang trying to figure out how to destroy this or stop this drill in its tracks. We find out that inside is this random admiral general pilot guide that's manning the drill, but also Tylee, May, and Azula there to kind of oversee it and also help protect it because they figured that something was going to go wrong. Uh, Action sequence, battles ensue between them, but ultimately they are able to stop the drill. Actually, they do penetrate the, the Great Wall, uh, but they don't ultimately get through because they break the drill by going under and inside the drill, breaking some crucial support beams and having it get constipated and explode from within. That's pretty much it from the Angang side. I would say the B story with Zuko and Iroh, they are now inside Boston Say. They're pretty much like chilling inside Grand Central Station at this point. And uh, <laughs> Iroh buys some tea and then heats it up in his hand, which kind of gives away the fact that He's a firebender to Jet. To Jet. And now Jet's following them in one of the trains, like, oh, they're firebenders. We're gonna we're gonna do something to them. Blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we left leave off. Did I 
I think that's it. Did I leave anything? That's it. I mean, they, we get our first, I've said this so many times, our first sort of glimpse at bossing, say they ride, you see Zuko and Iroh riding in. You can see it's very much like the great wall of China or attack on Titan, which came after this, where Mm -hmm. it's like, there's a big wall and then there's tons of just farmland. Yeah. So we don't see the city proper, but you see the kingdom, uh, represented there as they come in. Very Attack on Titan, as you said. Yeah, I remember this episode as, for some reason, when I went, when I watched it originally, this was one of my more memorable ones. I'm not sure. I think mm. it was just the fight se- sequence with Azula at the end and Aang that I liked particularly. Yeah. And if I have any sort of thesis, it will probably be around how Aang acted this episode. But interesting. we can okay. get into that later. And I don't know why, because I remember now I'm coming out of it this time, and I'm like, this is a definitely a plot moment, but it's it's basically like one continuous problem solve, but no, there's no uh, like character progression, and that's why I want to ask you like after this, what's your, I guess with Zuko and Iroh a little bit, it's like furthering their plot with Jet, but yeah. what are your predictions on this episode? Yeah, I guess like what really what new elements do we see other than. I mean, there's some action-related stuff, and I guess this is the first time we've seen Azula in a while. Yeah. Did we did we see what happens to Azula, like at after the skirmish? Like, did they just leave or something? I don't really remember. Which skirmish? Just like at the end of the episode, what becomes of them? Like, do do, do they just flee? Like, I, I don't know. They're just no, no. It's just May pops out and she's like, "Well, we lost," and that was it. Oh, that was it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Although, I mean, their thing is broken. Like their drill. Yeah. So they can't. My question is I guess I can start off with criticisms this time. <laughs> yep, yep. What's their plan with the drill? Like, how is it going to work? You know what like I mean? Like, in the first like, place? No, no, no. Like, say they drilled through. Yeah. Now, how are they going to get in? They Do they back through. it out? I thought, I think their whole pl- plan was to like fully penetrate and then like come out the other side, leaving a hole. Okay, but I here's think. the problem. Earthbenders could just, like, patch it up immediately, right? Oh, f- you're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think what it is is you enter... You People can enter oh, into the drill... And come out the other come end come out the other side. There I see. Go. It just answered myself, yeah. That That is also... <laughs> seems pretty dangerous, though. Like, you're being funneled out of one entrance. That the yeah. whole Earth... All their soldiers can just wait right there. And just fuck them up. It'll just it'll be just like D Day coming out, yeah. getting pummeled with rocks. I mean, I'm just confused. Like, I, like I guess this is just criticism, you know, section. But like, like yes, you can't bend rocks at it. But like, why can't you just like turn everything around it to mud or quicksand or like? Okay, just create that. A big that's exactly pit, what because that's what they. Uh, I guess that is what Toph should have done. Yeah, just create like a big ditch in front of it. Like what? Yeah, it like lower the elevation so that's not on yeah. a solid flat ground, right? Yeah. The drill yeah, does like, not seem foolproof to me. A ton of a ton of things they could have done. Put a bunch of holes in the ground or just yeah. a huge hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe it's that like there aren't that that's like a, a maybe too much of a feat for most earthbenders or something, but you know, they have a, a big lot hole? of earthbenders. Probably you know? not. I mean, <laughs> we know that the earth nation like they have quarries. Right? Yeah. You've seen yeah. it before that they yeah, like yeah. mine for elements. So yeah. they can definitely dig like better than anyone. Yeah. 
So that would be their defense if they saw it coming. And yeah. you, you saw in the front line, they dug trenches. Yeah, exactly. Like pretty pretty easily. They just, boom, yeah. move it over. There's a yeah. trench. Yeah, obviously so they, would have, they, they would have had to make it a lot deeper than that. But, I, okay, my criticism and I guess, like, my prediction is that, like, well, okay, to take a step back, do you, do you know that, is it Hitchcock? Like, some, some director has that rule about, like, leave a gun can, on the table. Yeah, if you have a gun on the table. Oh, my God. Eli's. I always say this. Eli says that literally every movie we watch. He's like, gun on the table. <laughs> it's too dude, obvious sometimes. Dude, there was a literal gun on the table in the new Batman movie, and then yeah. they never came back to it. I was pissed. Wait, when was this? Oh, did you watch it? Yeah. Okay, it Nikki was the. Did po- it. Okay, okay. Uh, it doesn't ruin. It's like so insignificant Nikki's part of the movie anyway. and the plan. Oh, okay, okay. Spoilers to anyone who hasn't seen Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just spoiler. Alert. Uh it's not a spoiler alert, but you know, some people are very, very like. Yeah. They don't want to know anything, even like minor details. So spoiler alert. It was the scene where Catwoman has brought like I think like the dirty cop onto the roof, and then Batman yeah. and Gordon. Either just Batman or Batman and Gordon track her to the yeah. roof. Uh-huh. And then th- there's a shot where they intentionally, like, they're having a skirmish, but the camera takes a beat to look at a gun that's on the ground. Yeah. And holds there for, like, a half beat. And then they go about the scene, and then they never come back to it. And it was like, yeah. that was a literal gun on the table, bro. That's an oversight. Yeah, like that. They should have like they should have literally just uh, had taken just not moved the camera yeah. for that half yeah. second, in my opinion. Because um, yeah. that that le- like maybe people didn't most people didn't even think about it, but I was like that was a li- actual gun on the table. Anyway, um, so uh, you want to explain the rule? It's 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 an intuitive rule, but I mean, yeah, it, it's basically if there's a gun on a table that the movie or the play or the show the whatever is making a point to show you this gun on a table that by the end of the movie or the by the credits, the gun will have to be fired or used somehow. That's just the metaphor because it's basically saying in a story, you don't don't bring up unnecessary plot points that you're not going to follow through on. And tons of shows do this. And then a lot of people go back, like in Game of Thrones, there's so many like loose threads at the end. Where it's like, whatever happened to this person? Like, I thought they were supposed to do this. Whatever happened to this special power? They never used it, you know? Why did they bother to introduce it? It's just frustrating to watch it as a viewer. So that's why that rule exists. Okay. So I think right now it's been hanging on my mind. And I've brought it up a couple times. The gun on the table, I think, is the uh, hot air balloon tech that... Yeah. They can just fly uh, over. Yeah. And I'm like... (laughs) What the? Because f- that's <laughs> that's where the Earthbenders wouldn't have yeah. jurisdiction. They couldn't reach like, them, right? If they yeah. fly high enough. Yeah. Or like you know, <laughs> yes, like maybe they could try and catapult boulders, but obviously it's not the same as like let's right. dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how did I miss that? <laughs> I I don't know. So you even being flabbergasted confuses me because I'm like that must be what's up next. Like they must have done this so that they could say. Oh, the drill didn't work, but we finally militaristically engineered the balloons to work for us. So let's make it there work. Is, I'm happy to say that there's a much better way that the Fire Nation eventually gets in. Interesting. Okay. There's a wow. much better way, and it'll be introduced next episode. But I, I don't want to say too much. 
but yeah. it's it just makes the entire time they're in bossing say like so good because of like uh, okay. how the fire nation has managed to be in wow i don't have any okay well my prediction was going to be air balloons but if that's not <laughs> it i'm going to say some sort of like not brute force like face to face i think it's going to be yeah. some circumventing social engineering type of uh-huh. like different thing because that's okay that's where like earth vendors i think and as a nation are a little bit on like that's more their blind side you know that was my biggest critique i'm like just quicksand or like dig some yeah. holes <laughs> anyways <laughs> should we talk about what we liked yep yep gotta be the fight scene right gotta be yep, uh Azula. gotta be the azula and fight scene i think um i i made a point last week or something to say like oh like this show's pg-13 now like they, they kind of like yeah. gave you that like sign and like that flip and i think this fight sequence like continues to hold steady with that messaging mm-hmm. or like the the fight was higher complexity it wasn't like as like goosebumps raising like wowing and uh-huh. i think it was almost like on purpose to like say like hey th- th- this fight scene is like more sophisticated and complex but that's like normal now that's like, yeah, like we, we're going to, this is the new baseline of casual level of fighting. So we're not even going to like make it like this epic thing. And what I mean by like high level of complexity is like one, it was the first fight where Aang fights with multi elements. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I think he fights with air, water and earth. He it doesn't is. firemen. Yeah. Uh, he has like, like a little like gauntlet, like an earth gauntlet for a yeah. sec there. <laughs> like, Super punch. Yeah, cool. yeah. He's like whipping with the Katara's water, um, all that stuff. He doesn't firebend yet, um, which I think that's for season three. And what I mean by like, they don't make it epic. Like, they don't like slow down, you know, 300 mm-hmm. Zack Schneider, like, like zoom in on the fact that he's using fire or mm-hmm. that he's using earth and water at once. Yeah. Like, ugh. I they know don't what make you a, mean. They don't yeah. make a dramatization of it. It's just like a. That's how like, it is. It's the power creep, right? Yeah, He's getting yeah. more powerful, and that's the norm. But in a, it was done well. I liked it. Um, and then Azula also like blue flame, like just like kicking rocks out of the way. Isn't she also isn't phased by the fact that Ang is throwing like air and water and earth at her? Yeah. You know, she's she's like prepared for it and like takes it in stride. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like season yeah. one fights between Zuko and Ang where th- they're He's- both getting like. Yeah. Thrown on their tush the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, that was my favorite. Uh, obviously, like, the, the easy one to pick. I have two, if you don't mind me jumping in. Yeah, two you do your things. two, and then I'll yeah. do my last one. So, first, I like how they handle Toph's character, mm. generally. Because mm. I said last episode that, like, Toph comes off as this, like, over-leveled member of their D&D party. Mm-hmm. And I think they strategically put her out of fights because... They don't want her to look weak because she's really powerful, right? Yeah. Because if she were to there to help Aang, she would probably beat Azula, the two of them together. Yeah. So I like that they have her like, no, I'm going to stay here because I don't feel comfortable being in metal. I like that they put, they put her out because they're saving her, your perception of her as a viewer of being this like ultra badass yeah. by like strategically having her do other things. Yeah. Appreciated that. The other thing is I like how they thought through how this machine would work. They haven't thought through about like how it would work against earthbenders, which is my biggest criticism, but they did think about like the whole like water and earth disposal system. Yeah. <laughs> that ended up being its downfall. It's like uh, 
Millennium Falcon Death Star uh, (laughs) downfall of it. But I did like how they actually thought through how this thing would work if it were real. And that that felt real to me about how they would actually excavate the rock out of there rather than simply drilling through it. I agree with that. I agree with that. It wasn't just like a black box. Well, yeah, it was it was uh, there was some sort of thought through it. Yeah, I I like Mm. that they didn't ignore that the earth had to go somewhere. And mm-hmm. that means that water needs to be a part of that equation. Right, friction. to help move it yeah. along. Do you have any freshman year bogus thesi? Yep, yep. Freshman year bogus thesi. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's more <laughs> the proper word. I think it's thesin. <laughs> I think it's thesin. If you over-focus on a, on a tough exterior, you may fall victim to erosion from the inside and that's actually one more, a, time. One more time if, if you if you over focus on building up a steely exterior uh-huh. you may fall victim to erosion from the inside or or i don't know what the right word is like uh like falling apart from the inside yeah mm-hmm. and this is actually a uh commentary on american society oh no, I, I mean, I mean, it can be, <laughs> but you know, you can talk about that from, uh, from the drills point of view. You can talk about that from the earth, the earth kingdom yeah. wall point of view, mm-hmm. especially if you're saying like, how is the fire nation getting in? I don't know, but it seems like it's yeah. not through like straightforward means like the drill. I think I, I think I clued you in a little too hard. I'll yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Eli. Um, no, I'm just, you know, I can just kind of like, Put two and two together, I think. And then also, uh, metaphorically, I think this is true. I'm trying to think of someone with a steely guard that was penetrated Toph. this... this uh, t- Toph. Not this episode. Not this episode. Toph. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zuko? Not this episode. Not this episode. Yeah, I guess I think that ties in this episode. But, you know, it's a freshman thesis. I, w- I would talk about it where, like, you know, if you have too much of a facade or a tough outer shell, you know, you might... Mm-hmm. You might get a little lonely, or you might uh, you might not have anyone to call call out like the inner conflict or the inner inconsistencies that you have. You know. Yeah. There you go. That's my freshman thesis, baby. I like it. Yeah. Or I you might it. get constipated and explode earth water everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the thesis, or the maybe that's our words of wisdom, is uh, make sure you poop once a day, guys. <laughs> once a day. <laughs> If you're not pooping once a day, you need more fiber. A lot of Americans do not consume enough fiber. Word. I have a thesis, but here's the twist. I can't tell you the thesis until next episode. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> I can't. You get out of here. No, I can't say it, but I have a good thesis. Wait, how about this? How about I step away from the mic booth? No. Well, can, can our listeners hear it? Well, I guess... Well, Here's the thing. I don't know if any listeners are probably not, but there might be a listener that yeah, yeah, yeah. is watching along with us along with very us. Yeah, slowly. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can wait a month for the next episode. <laughs> wait, I just realized there, there's got to be, there's got to be someone that started this podcast thinking they'll watch it one for one <laughs> so and then caught up with our podcast and then waited like, for like three weeks <laughs> i'm so sorry like, okay. i'm, I'm so sorry, sorry guys 
I know yeah. Arjuns told me he was watching it along with the podcast, but I yeah. think the the rate that people watch TV shows, I watch them very slowly, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But the rate that people watch them, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you know we might be catching people. They might listen to this a year from now. We'll be all the way. Yeah. Down. No. No. I think. I think we'll have that phenomenon happen. Um, you know, once the podcast is basically complete. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> Once we get super popular when the show comes out, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The live action show, which is in production right now. Yep. It is. Yep. Which I can also still talk about because I quit Viacom. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Speaking on that, and then I can't say it until the next episode, I want to thank you viewers for listening to this episode of Avatar The First Viewing. I always say this so much, but we really, really appreciate it. If you guys can do the classic five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Mm, that would be mm. greatly appreciated. Now, Peter, who is our sponsor for this episode? Our sponsor for this episode is a Fiber Gummies. Eat your fiber. Fiber Gummies. Fiber Gummies. Eat to a day and poop like a king. Is that a thing? Fiber Gummies? I don't know. It must be, right? Prunes. prunes. Daily prune juice. Mm-hmm. Today's sponsor is Daily Prune Juice. For me, it's uh, chia seeds. Oh, oh yeah, I see, I... I see chia seeds in your in your yogurt thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good time. Yeah, um, yeah I, I should probably take more fiber. I remember there was like a time about a year or two ago that we, me and Nikki were like, I think we need to incorporate more fiber. Once uh, Nikki was learning about nutrition in med school, it's like, yeah. yeah, we need we need fiber. Dude, I was thinking about juicing. Nikki, do you have any thoughts on juicing? I most certainly do have thoughts on juicing. Give me that mic. Yeah. Oh. The problem with juicing is that you're just pressing all the juice out and you're actually not getting any of that fiber. So what you really want to do mm. is blend that shit up. Still get mm. all those good little uh, strands and pulp in your system too. I see. That's yeah. That's you heard it from MD Guillory. Soon, Do- in a couple doc- weeks, MD Dr. G, Dr. G, Dr. Guillory. But it's not as fun to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, pr- I love a smoothie, man. Yeah, yeah I love enough, a smoothie. I make some pretty great smoothies. And I like them like, you know, they got some texture to them. As I put like those chia seeds in there, as I was saying. You want it, you want it to look, smell, and taste like um, polyjuice potion. You want it. What's you that? want a purple bulb? What? Polyjuice po- potion? What's, I don't know. Wait, what am is I saying this for? I'm not a Harry Potter guy. I'll say oh, this a hundred times. I'm not a Harry Potter on. guy. I was it's... needlessly a part of the, uh, I grew up and I was like, no, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan, not a Harry Potter fan. And so I didn't watch any of them until I was in like, Bro, that's until weird, I graduated high school. That's a weird hill. That's a weird hill that no one's fighting you on. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I was full. I was first episode. I had these weird rules about anime too. And then after, you know, after I got out of, got in a new headspace, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Anyone can enjoy these movies. Doesn't matter. They're just movies. Polyjuice potion is the thing that, um, they drink to turn into other, like look like other people for a while. Gotcha. Oh, so that, that's the one that they take to look like, uh, what are the names? Yeah. uh, I think Boyle. Goyle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crabs and Goyle. I just have, I have never really been into like 
the world of Harry Potter. You know, yeah. like I remember when the last movie came out, people were like crying seeing this movie, being like, "Thank you, J.K. Rowling, you've transformed my childhood." And like that's what I felt about like Lord of the Rings, but yeah. like, and like Star Wars and shit. But yeah, to me, I just I could never get into it because I never had that like childhood fantasy of like. Maybe one day I'll get into Hogwarts, which is like kind of the point of these books and movies for children. I think at least. I from um I think I kind of like was a fan by proxy at first, just because my sister was like, my sister was at the library learning Latin with her friends to like write their own like spells and and, and wow. stuff like that. Like, well, but you did say, I remember last time you're in LA, you revealed to us, yeah, that you were a huge yeah, I was harry potter fan yeah yeah I, I mean like well looking back i guess i would just because like i read all the books like twice and i'm a kid that didn't read uh yeah. I, I i stayed up for like book since like book five through the end i think i stayed up till midnight at bookstores i didn't dress up but like uh, i might have had like a scarf or something you know with other people that were certainly dressed up waiting for these books and like i was severely like upset when the later movies didn't live up to the you know the books really? and stuff like that so yeah no i was pretty upset man. oh did they diverge um, from the book no it was more tonality for me hmm. i really think that the first two movies really did a good job of how like enchanting and just beautiful the world looked and felt and then like book five i think that was kind of like brooding like dark like yeah, that vibe, I think was captured well by movie five, and but but like that brooding feeling just swept most of the series, and I didn't like that. Yeah. Um, especially mm-hmm. uh, move like book four is my favorite. Not oh, dude, I am a fan. I'm like fucking going off right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, book I don't four really is my like favorite. That movie. I'll book be four. Book four is my favorite. Uh, but I thought like movie four is probably like my least favorite. Yeah. Um. Because, uh, I mean, like, think about think about what I love about this show. Like, book four is when you're like, wait, holy shit, you're telling me, like, you're going <laughs> to introduce, like, three different, like, wizarding cultures with, like, slightly different uses of powers and, like, yeah. different garb, uh-huh. different, like, dialect, different animals, different skills and potions, like, like, all those things. And then when they, like, did do a pretty decent job of that in the, in the book, they did none of that in the movie. Also, it was like a really cool thing. It was Wizarding Olympics and the ah, okay, never mind. They just <laughs> it's a fun concept. Yeah, I, I like the really concept, concept. The movie yeah. to me, I remember we watched it because Nikki was going through reading the books and then watching the movies. We watched the movie, and that movie to me is like you could skip the entire tournament and just get to the last twenty minutes, and that's what you need to know out of this. No, exactly. Movie. But but the uh, but in the the book does the pacing so well where like. Each individual, like the you're so invested in each individual event, and like the problem solving that happens live. It's like yeah. it's like um it's like you know in uh, uh My Hero Academia, with like when Deku is like up against a wall and then he does something really clever like breaks just his finger instead of his yeah, whole arm. Exactly. And yeah. the first time he does it, you're like, whoa, I did wow. not see that coming, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how it felt with Harry Potter. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, I, I didn't get any of that in the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Understood. Yeah, yeah. 
I really want. I, I'm a fan, I guess. I'm a fucking fan. I know. Boy. I know you are. I just have to. Keep, I just have to like bring it out of you. Yeah, it's because I, really I remember hidden. asking you like a niche, like random Harry Potter question. You went into like a five minute discussion of the lore. When we're just no, like, I do didn't. remember that. Like, where, where? Yeah, when we were we were walking to that concert. What lore? Do you remember the asking, question? Like, why no? didn't it? It's like, why is Harry Potter so special? Uh, or like, why did they want to kill oh, him? Oh no, yeah. it was uh between it, it was between like Neville. him and Neville. Yeah, and I was trying to explain and to you I, that like it was a self fulfilling prophecy. It could have been either of them, right? Um, and like people actually thought it was going to be Longbottom because his parents were famous uh, horrors, Death Eater fighters. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, oh okay. Uh, they're Death Eater <laughs> yeah. fighters. Yeah, Neville's parents were like heroic. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Against, against Death Eaters. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fighters of Death Eaters. Ours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Damn, I fucking. So, are you stoked not. for this uh, Harry Potter game? No. No. Uh, well, no. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the new Harry Potter movie, so, so no. no. Well, no um, one's stoked about Fantastic Mr. Beasts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic Beasts. Ah, oh, this 2022 culture has infected me. <laughs> Mr. Beast, baby! <laughs> I'm at, that's my next movie pitch. Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Beast. Dude, Mr. Beast is fantastic, bro. That's amazing. Oh, man. That'll it took fun. my brain like a second to even like, <laughs> like, like process. process. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, sorry. No one likes Fantastic Beasts. At least from like that, like franchise? even people that I know, do you like them? No, I mean, like not even enough. Like I thought I would like it enough to be like, it's mediocre, but you have me yeah. grandfathered in because I like yeah. the world. But the thing is, like, truly, I didn't love the cinematic world. I loved the yeah. book world, and that had me grandfathered into the Daniel Radcliffe cast ensemble. Yeah. But you know, like it. It didn't really carry me over. I'm sure the I'm sure the box is still great. Um, yeah, I think especially you know. the first one was really good. I actually kind of liked that movie. I'll be honest, that was fun. The first one, but the second one I couldn't. We yeah. we rented it, watched the first like 20 minutes. It's like I don't I don't like this. I almost never do that in a movie. So I just don't feel oh, like because it's long yeah. too. I don't feel like sitting through. Is that how many has there been? Is this is the third one coming out or the fourth? This be the third one. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's the one with um there's the first one, there's the one with Johnny Depp is the second one. Yep. Right? And, and then this is the third Mads one. Mickelson. Who? Mads Mickelson. Who's that? You'll know his face. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, he's I mean, he's great. Have you seen Paddington? Like the bear? Yeah, the movie. I have not. Okay. So you know how I said oh. Ratatouille is good. And how it's a movie that is marketed towards kids. Yeah, but it's like randomly like why is this so good? Like why did they put so much effort into this? That's okay. Paddington, especially I think Paddington Two is really? better. But Paddington is like really really good. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. You know what I can't explain? What? I don't know what about Nicole Kidman makes me like avoid her. Uh huh. I don't know why. I don't know She's why. Like, she is um funny in this movie but she's not trying to be funny she's like the uh antagonist oh she's she is? like okay. her, herself but they kind of like make fun of her the way she okay. is okay i'll check it yeah. out i'll check it out it's a very goofy movie 
I personally love Nicole Kidman because I think she's like a living meme. Uh, like the AMC, uh, you know the AMC Pledge of Allegiance. Oh my god, dude! Oh, <laughs> I love it. I, I mean, love that it is so much. I in the theater. No, why? I love it. It's everything I hate about. Everything I love about meme culture and movies. About meme culture, fine. I'll give you that. Yeah. But like, that's I did not go to the movies to see. It cues me in. I'm like, <sighs> Nicole Kidman said it right. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Ugh. And she's just, I have to laugh looking at her. I don't know what it is. Peter, do you have any words of wisdom? Oh, shit. I forgot we were still doing a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, words of wisdom. I thought we had a words of wisdom. I, I did. It was about uh, pooping. Yeah. Uh, uh, blend, your, blend your fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And poop once a day. <laughs>